What's up, everybody? I'm George Mossy. Please say hello to my co-host, Didi. So, Night Day Fiance, Love in Paradise, Season 3, Episode 5 has aired. There was no April and Valentine on this episode, nor were there Scott and Lydia. So, we're going to wait and see where we can catch up with their stories next week. But we did catch up with Valentine and Carlos, and it's almost time for their wedding. And first of all, their wedding was like five days away, and Valentine decided that he wanted to film a music video which I feel like you shouldn't be taking on extra work when you're trying to plan a wedding, right? The first thing I thought of was you don't really have time to do that because a wedding will should be taking up all of your life and then some. So I was like, this seems like a bad idea, but we didn't see the video get filmed, but we did see them shopping for suits and it looked like they were wearing no shirts underneath and, you know, in their true Valentine and Carlos Carlentine fashion. And we found out, one thing that shocked me but didn't was Carlos has invited Michelle to the wedding before Valentine has even gotten to meet her. Now, the deal was the the shake handshake deal was Valentine got to meet her, get to know her and then decide if he wanted her to be there. But now the deal is out the window. Carlos has decided she's invited and it's not up to Valentine to put his two cents in. So. Do you think they're going to make it down the aisle? Because it's very few moments of the day where Valentine and Carlos aren't fighting. And I feel like this close to the wedding, they can't even determine who's invited and who's not. Is this wedding even going to happen? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Um, I'm like, really, guys? Come on now. You know, and Carlos uh, told Valentine that if Michelle wasn't going to be invited, then none of his friends could be invited. And then Valentine said that he was not listening to it. They've been spent all these thousands of dollars. They're flying out. They don't book rooms. And come on, guys. I mean, it's what, four or five days to the wedding? I mean, now is not the good time to start your fighting. Come on. Yeah, I feel like they're setting themselves up to fail. I don't want to. I mean, I want them to get married. I do feel like they love each other. But compatibility is something for me. And I feel like they don't see eye to eye and they don't compromise i mean let's let's keep in mind they still never actually had sex so there's like so much that they aren't doing right you know so entering into this wedding and then they have their moms and families meeting each other for the first time but i feel like they're not even ready you know to be getting married so they're adding all these extra people so we're gonna see how this goes so speaking of see how it goes i want to talk about Juan and jessica because we went to see Juan's actual home because we know the beautiful, amazing vacation home that Juan rented for Jessica and Megan and the boys. But we actually got to see his actual house, which is a big, massive place. I was kind of surprised. And it's kind of under construction because the deal is Jessica wants Juan to leave the cruise ship lifestyle, which I don't blame her because we learned a couple of weeks ago that there was a woman who reached out who said that she and Juan had hooked up. Juan denies this, but he did say that he didn't tell her that he was in a relationship. So she wants him to get out of the, the cruise ship life. And this house is going to be converted into seven apartment units. And she thought that they were going to be further along in the construction process. But one is actually working and doing the construction at the same time. So I kind of have a little sympathy for him because it's not easy to work a full-time job and convert a building into an apartment building. There's a lot of work involved. And I feel like there's years of work involved. And Jessica is worried because 
the baby is going to be here very soon and she doesn't need one out in the middle of the ocean for six or seven months at a time. So she's worried that they're not going to be able to get this done and he's not going to be able to leave the cruise lifestyle. And I think an underlining issue here is she doesn't fully trust him out on the cruise ship. She doesn't want to say it out loud, but I feel like it would make her feel more comfortable if he wasn't out on the ocean where she couldn't know what he's doing. So I think the underlining issue is trust, right? Do you feel like that's the issue? Yes. I believe that, you know, by the lady reaching out to Jessica, um, any trust that she had for him, I believe that it destroyed it. And, you know, um, with him wanting to do the seven apartments, you know, with the house, I get where Jessica's coming from, but she's got to understand where Juan is coming from. Also, he can't be working out on a cruise ship and be managing the apartments at the same time. It's not like, you know, he goes to work and comes home every day. It's, you know, he's gone two, three, four, five, six months at a time. And he's taken a couple of weeks uh, apart from that to spend time, quality time with her and her boys. So she's got to, you know, she's got to cut him some slack somewhere. I mean, she's very new in the pregnancy. I mean, a lot can change in what, I think she's two months pregnant. So that's going to be seven months. A lot can change in seven months. I mean, he can maybe have a couple of them finished. Who knows? Yeah, I think that she can't really put a date on it. Because like you said, he's working, he's doing other things. This isn't his only project. You know, he's got other things going on. And I think he said two were close to being done. And from what I saw, I just saw some cement block walls. And I was like, I don't know who's going to be living in here in two months because this doesn't even look like one of them didn't even have a wall. I could see the sky. And I was like, so I don't know anything about construction, though. But I was like, I don't think anybody's going to be living here anytime soon. So Jessica has to lower her expectations on the date. I think that's going to be the most important part and give him a little slack. Cause Juan was like excited and proud of his work. And Jessica was like, I mean, yeah, you did something, but you didn't do a lot. So I wanted it to be done. She shot him down real quick. Well, yeah, I feel like she kind of made him feel like his work was inadequate and that's not fair because that's a lot of hard work putting in walls, cement walls and what he did is hard. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't look like much, but when people build homes, you know, when you go and survey your home while it's being built, it does not look like much. It's like within the last like three months of when it's about to be done, that's when it actually starts looking like a house for a while. It just kind of looks like a hot mess. So I just want her to be a little more open to the fact that he's doing this for her. And he's changing his life for her. He's leaving his country for her. He's leaving his dream job. He doesn't hate his job. He's doing this for her. So I want her to see that, you know, and kind of understand where he's coming from and maybe be a little more sensitive to that. All right. So we met a new couple and I'm kind of excited about this couple. It's a content creator from Dallas, Texas named Matthew and his beautiful Brazilian fiance, Anna, who is 27, who is an English teacher teacher and they're polar opposites they couldn't be any more different and i think that's what makes it so interesting to me because she's a boxer and she's just i think her way to describe herself was a badass bitch i think that's what she said she's just she's so opposite of matthew and matthew is like a silly content creator who's probably on tiktok who does lives and he has parties and i don't know i'm gonna try to check out his content i looked for it and i couldn't find it but i'm just kind of excited to see how this goes because he met her on a live stream. Four months later, he went to Brazil to meet her. Five months later, he proposed to her when he went back 
in the airport. They couldn't even get to the house, to the hotel, to the apartment, to the resort. He had to do it right then and there. And Anna said something interesting. She said, I've always wanted to live in America since I was a little girl. And I was like, I don't know. When people say that, I kind of raise an eyebrow a little bit because I was like, well, that's interesting. So you happen to run into him on a live stream. And now you guys happen to be engaged. And now you happen to be waiting on the K-1 visa, which we learned might be a two-year process, which Anna does not know. So Matthew is there to celebrate Carnival, which is a huge party in Brazil, but he's also there to deliver some really bad news to Anna because she's already been waiting a year. They've been together for a year, but they've only spent like two weeks in each other's presence. So a year of dating, but like two actual weeks of actual like being together. So how do you feel? How do you feel? First impressions. I want to know what does Didi think of what's going on right now? Red flags, red flags, red flags. I mean, if you've watched any one of the 90 Day Fiancés, like I have from the very first, very first filming that 90 Day Fiancé has ever done, red flags, red flags. She is, oh my goodness, she, mark my words, George, she is using him for a green card. And when he tells her that it's going to take a lot longer that's when the fireworks are going to start. She's using him for a green card. I was thinking that because we are meeting them so late in the season. I was like, maybe there isn't a lot of footage to go off of for them. So I was like, she might actually break up with him right next week, right? When he breaks the news. Because I was like, it's always been her dream. And now she thinks that her dream is already in reality because she said right after, literally right after he proposed, they applied for the K-1 visa. And I'm, I'm thinking like within a week. The, the whole story just is peculiar to me, right? I was just like, what's the rush so fast? Like, there's a goal here. Kind of reminded me of Osama, you know, like, it's got to be, I got to get to America right now. I got to get there right now. You know, we got to get this paperwork done. I was like, oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm interested in knowing where this is going to go. So I'm interested in watching to see how this progresses because we're meeting them too late in the season. So I feel like something is going to explode and they're not going to be together because we should have met them two weeks ago. Yep. Red flags. I'm telling you, red flags. It's about so, to hit the fan. <laughs> so Everton and Jordan finally gave us what we wanted. So we know, we heard, we heard the voicemail. We don't just know what happened in the voicemail. We heard it. So Jordan lands in the Caymans and in the Caribbean, and she gets a voicemail from this woman. And this woman says that Everton is not being faithful to her. He's sleeping with her. She used a different term. And she called Jordan pathetic, which was super mean, super harsh. And it seemed to me, correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan was less worried about the fact that he cheated on her and more so worried about the fact that she can't trust him and he wasn't honest. Did you catch that too? Because I was like, shouldn't you be a little more angry that he cheated on you? I caught that too. I was like, um, and you're sitting there calm. I mean, it, and then he admitted to it. He was like, you know, it was just a fling. It'll never happen again. I promise. Come on. You know, once a cheater, always a cheater. I, I don't care. He'll cheat again. The first opportunity he gets, he will cheat again. And he probably has multiple times. He just hasn't got caught like he did this time. Yeah, this was the so, first. Yeah. This was the first voicemail. Yeah, this is it's probably been happening. And the way that they both reacted, it wasn't a surprise to either party. That's why I was, I was like, she's not surprised. She's just more so angry because, oh, we now know that she is $600,000 in. 
into this land deal. She finally gave us the number. Remember, we were kind of speculating because she said it was six figures. We were thinking in the hundred thousand and up range, but she said six hundred thousand, and this is undeveloped land. Like for six hundred thousand, exactly. shouldn't there be a hotel already standing on it? Like I don't know. That seems really high. There should be some gold somewhere on that land. <laughs> I mean, so, what going to do now if she can't trust Everton? She's this far deep into this relationship, and he's cheating on her. And I mean, it didn't see she didn't seem as bothered because maybe because of the the secrets with her videos, maybe she was like, okay, I can't be too harsh on him because he doesn't know, you know, the videos that I make and send to people. But I was like, she should be a little more angry at the fact that he had a fling at all. Because she's $600,000 in a deal with this man. And he doesn't even want her to meet his kids. Like, there's so many red flags. So I was like, what if there is no land? What if this money is just he's taking it and giving it to his other wives? Or maybe he has, like, he's still with the mother of the kid or something. Like, what if there's something else going on that she doesn't even know about? Exactly. That's what I was picking up on, too. I mean, okay, the mom is excited, wanting to see her. But he hesitated whenever if she was going to be able to see the boys on this trip and he like started stuttering. So, yes, that is a lot of red flags. Something something really, really weird is going on. And at the end of the day, neither one of them is being honest to either one. They're both lying and hiding secrets. You call it, you can't be mad at someone for lying to you when you are lying to them, right? Like you can't expect any more from them when you're not giving them the same in return. She does not tell him how she makes her money. She does not tell him about the videos. And then she went and handed this man $600,000 um, after she refinanced her home. You're, you're barely in a relationship because you're not being honest and you're in business together. Like the last thing you want to do is have a dishonest person in business with you. Right? Exactly. She needs to take him off that paperwork real fast. If she cannot be there to manage it, then maybe she doesn't need it at all. Because who in the right mind would put someone that they've been in a relationship with so many years, doesn't even, has never met his mom, has never met his children, and then finds out that he's cheating on her. They ain't no telling how many more lies he's, you know, he's covering up. We already know she's covering up um, or keeping secrets and lies from him. So th there's so many red flags that I don't even know. I don't know about this. Right. This whole season is just one big red flag hanging down from the screen, right? All right. So yeah. we're out of time. So next week, we're going to find out more red flags from all of our couples this season of Love in Paradise. And we're going to see if Valentine and Carlos maybe get married. I don't know. I I'm not like counting on it, but possibly it might happen. Who knows? All right, guys, I'm George Mossy. Make sure you're following me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com, and anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you follow my co-host, DD2. Her links are right here at the bottom. I'll talk to all of you guys really soon.